Hey everyone and welcome to season two of the podcast and this season will be a shorter one but a deep one all focused around our personal prayer life and how we can live a life of praying without ceasing and at the start of a year many of us are looking at our routines and our rhythms and where we would like to go deeper with God next year so this season is an equipping one exactly for that. I'm your host Aaron Planner and it is my prayer that this season is an invitation for you to go deeper in relationship with Jesus and in your personal prayer life. Hello everyone and welcome to episode four. You've made it over halfway woohoo, of season two. I can't believe that we are already there. And this episode is about probably one of my favorite topics and this is the topic of the posture of our heart. And when we're talking about a life of prayer, I think one of the most important things that we can talk about is the posture of our heart. So just to recap, in previous episodes, we've covered what is prayer and we've defined prayer as relationship with God, just like in any relationship with my girlfriends or with my parents or with a spouse that includes speaking to, hearing from, and being with God. Being with God, you may have also heard being talked about like abiding or soaking or communing. That's all to do with being with God and as part of prayer as part of our relationship with the Lord. Our scripture for this season is 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 from the Passion Translation, which says, let joy be your continual feast and make your life a prayer. And in this last episode, we looked at how making your life a life of prayer comes from the place of love, comes from the place of relationship. And that we don't really strive our way into it. We don't just discipline our way into a life of prayer, but the key entry point is just our love for Jesus. It is to focus on Jesus and fall more in love with him. And as we do that, our relationship grows and our prayer life grows. So this this comes from receiving his love as we behold him. So it's like big question that I get asked is like, how do you fall more in love with Jesus? Well, I would encourage you, behold him, find ways of beholding him through scripture, through encounter, through biblical meditation, through Lectio Divina, through Visio Divina. I've named a lot. Google them if you don't know. They're all amazing practices. But we, but as we behold Jesus, as we see actually how much he loves us, and I don't mean see it like just cognitively take a mental understanding. I mean, see it and receive it into our heart, into our soul. Let it drop from our mind into our heart. As I see the love of the love Jesus has for me burning in his eyes. Oh my gosh. It it fuels something. It creates this like love fueled relationship. And that leads me into constant dialogue with him. I don't remember. I don't know if you had a situation like this, but I remember like The first boyfriend I had, I could not get off the phone to him. I would spend all day at primary school with him and then I'd get home and then I'd spend another two hours on the phone before my mum kicked me off the phone. It was this like love-fueled relationship Um, and in a much more holier and a much more um, righteous way, this is the kind of love-fueled relationship that we want to cultivate and foster with Jesus. Um, So it's not hard to... 
want to be with the one that you are madly in love with. It's not hard to want to find more time and carve out spaces to be with him. When we really have rekindled this first love by first of all, beholding Jesus and seeing how much he is passionate for us, how much he is jealous for us, how much he just longs to be with us. As we, as we see him rightly and we see these things and we experience these things, there is something of a first love flame that gets ignited in our hearts and a passion that then drives our devotion for him. I want to say this in this podcast, we are the Mary before the Martha, not just for serving in church, but even with prayer. I'm going to say that again. We are the Mary before we are the Martha, not just for serving in church, but even with prayer. I think a lot of the time we talk about being uh, a Mary or a Martha. I actually think that we are first the Mary and then the Martha, that our lo- if you really have the love of Christ, you cannot not be in some way wanting to outwork that love. I think Heidi, it's Heidi Baker that says that love, you know, it, it's an action word. It has to have an action and demonstration. I think we see that throughout the Bible. I mean, Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. Love had a very big action. So I think that we are the Mary before the Martha. And we may have even heard about this in context of serving in church. It's like, be the Mary before the Martha to come with a heart full of love and devotion for Jesus before we outwork things and serve him. Yes. But that is as much true for prayer as it is for serving in the church. We are to be the Mary, to be the love lover, to be the devoted one, to pour oil out on his feet before we are there to serve him in prayer in that space. So the posture of our heart, as you can see towards the Lord, And the posture of our heart to be able to receive his love becomes really key in this relationship and really key in making our life a prayer. The posture of our heart becomes like the soil. I want you to imagine it like the soil. I often think about my heart being like a garden, like the garden of my heart. And I want you to imagine the posture of your heart like the soil. And I imagine it like the soil that the roots of this prayer life grow deep into as Jesus comes and waters this soil with his love. So as I was saying before, we don't strive to make our prayer life better or to stir up hunger or to, you know, beat ourselves into a place of discipline to have a better prayer life. But what we can do is to take responsibility of the posture of our heart. And to use in, to continue to use the analogy of soil, we can do things that tend to the soil of our heart, like aerate the soil or weed the soil or fertilize it. And regular times of prayer and other spiritual practices as well, like reading scripture or Sabbath or fasting, are the aerating, are the fertilizing and are the weeding. And these regular tendings to the soil of our heart help to cultivate and create a consistent posture of our heart towards Jesus. So think of them, think of daily times of prayer, almost like greenhouses, where amongst the wild winds of life that may blow all around us during every other part of the day, these are like protected spaces 
these daily times of prayer, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, maybe in the morning and the evening, and maybe you do, you know, a breath prayer in the middle of the day, whatever they look like, just think of them as greenhouses, as protected spaces in which our heart is learning to consistently lean towards Jesus. Like a sunflower finds the sun during the day, these greenhouses during our day help recalibrate our heart or reposition our heart back towards Jesus. These are really special places that are protected from all of the distractions of life where the love of Jesus can water deeply our hearts and where our love for God can grow. Okay, so... I hope you I hope you're still following. Um Henry Nowen, as we've heard in previous episodes, he's he, we've quoted him as saying as we are involved in unceasing thinking, so we are called to unceasing prayer. And the only way that this can be achieved is if prayer is not a single activity or a one hour in the morning, but it's a constant posture of our life. And the posture of our life stems from the posture of our heart. And the posture of continual communication and communion with God. So daily times of prayer, as well as other spiritual practices that we've talked about, actually help us cultivate this posture of our heart. So let me share a little bit of a testimony or an experience in my life. I spent um, two nights, three days at uh, Benedictine Abbey uh, just outside of Melbourne about a year and a half ago now, maybe two. And the monks there. It's an amazing experience. I did a prayer retreat with them and you can pray with them. So they pray seven times a day, 4am, 6am, 8am, 11.15am, 1.40pm, 6pm and 7.30pm. So for those days, I followed these seven times of prayer that they had. And yeah, it was a place that was just filled with so much of the peace of God Um, a beautiful place to do a prayer retreat. But at the end of those two nights and three days, the biggest thing that dawned on me was that during that time, I kept finding myself, um, I had other activities that I brought with me. So I had some Bible studies that I wanted to go through. I had some reading that I wanted to do. I want to take a couple of prayer walks. There's beautiful countryside where we were. And I kept feeling like I started those activities and then I kept getting interrupted by prayer. And after those three days, I realized that the difference between what I had been doing in my life and what they had been doing, let's say there's a lot of differences, but the thing that really struck me was that I had been trying to fit prayer amongst the schedule and rhythm of my life that was based more around needs and responsibilities that I had more than my devotion and love for Christ and times that Jesus I felt had led me to dedicate to him in these kind of greenhouses of my daily rhythms. So I had tried to fit times of prayer and like almost like duck shove them into little gaps in my very busy and overscheduled life. Whereas these monks had dedicated their entire life to prayer and the other things such as eating, sleeping and working had to fit around and in the holes between these seven times of prayer, a paradoxically different way of living. And I realized that if I kept trying to have prayer 
fitting into and around the other schedules and rhythms that I had in my life, I would never be able to, I guess, find a rhythm of prayer in my life because everything else would become more prioritized or more important or something would pop up. So I really had to create some dedicated greenhouses, as we were talking about, of prayer in my life around which everything had to work. So gym session times had to change and, um, you know, maybe even times of dinner or things that I would do at lunchtime, meetings had to change. And I started to reshuffle and change uh, the rhythms and the routines of my life to fit around the rhythms and routines that I felt of prayer that I felt like the Holy Spirit had given me for that year. And it was a game changer. It was challenging. It was very difficult, but it was an absolute game changer. So I think sometimes we're kind of taught or maybe even subconsciously learn that like a daily morning time of prayer is the goal. Like you're the man or you're the woman if you, you know, can do your hour with Jesus in the morning, tick, and off you go into the rest of your day. And sometimes it even feels like we leave Jesus behind. Like we get to the end of the day and we're like, Jesus, where were you? I felt like I left you in my prayer chair or in my prayer closet. And after I closed my Bible, it was like, okay, I'm done with my God time. We've we've sometimes made these daily times of prayer the goal, and they are not the goal. The goal is Jesus. The goal is relationship with Jesus, growing relationship with him. So I think if we can reposture that, that the goal is not the time, set time of prayer, but the goal is relationship with Jesus and that these daily times of prayer act as greenhouses and protected spaces for our heart to learn the love of Jesus and for us to train our minds and hearts and spirits to live in a place of constant communion with God as we go throughout the day then we can start to posture our hearts in this way to make our life a prayer. So I hope all of that makes sense. If you have any questions at all, feel free to hit me up on social media or send me a message. I would love to hear, yeah, any questions that you have about that. But just to wrap up, we're going to do an activation. Um, And again, you might want to take this activation and pause it and do it Uh, at home or do it in a moment where you have a little bit of time if you're listening to this podcast while you're doing something. I know I definitely do that sometimes and listen to podcasts while I'm doing things. But what I want you to do is just to ask the Holy Spirit to show you one greenhouse or you might want to choose two, but I wouldn't recommend more than two, um, that he is actually offering you to come into. Uh, Perhaps it's praying on your commute to work each morning, or perhaps it's taking 10 minutes in your car each evening before you get out of your car just to soak in worship and receive his love. Or perhaps it's getting up earlier to spend a little more time in solitude and silence with him before the house stirs for the day. But I want you to be encouraged. I I want to encourage you not to do what you feel is right to do, not to do what you feel you should be doing. Or where, you you know, I should be able to pray for an hour like by now. No, no, no. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit because what he leads you to do, he will sustain you to do. So I want you to be led by him to choose one or max two of these greenhouses and then just to commit to do them every day for three weeks. And I want you to journal your experience as you go with him. So if you choose, for example, 
10 minutes of soaking music in your car before you get out of your car and get into your ha- your busy household and maybe the demands of family life that await way- you. I just want you to journal. You can even do an audio journal on your phone. I love just to make an audio note and to, you know, speak it instead of write it out. Um, and just to journal your experience after each of these days, because I think in the journaling, we also become aware of things that in the moment we may not be aware of. And the Holy Spirit will actually speak to us through that as well. So be encouraged because it's really quite miraculous how much God can do in just three weeks. I started um, uh, about a year ago, the practice of silence and solitude, and I could not believe um, what happened. I didn't start for long, just started for five to 10 minutes initially. And in a world that is so busy and in our yeah, I'm always normally like listening to some music or listening to something no matter what I'm doing. So just to spend a small amount of time in solitude and silence was radical and it was unbelievable what I heard from the Lord, but also just what he did in my heart in that space. So don't despise small beginnings. 10 minutes given to the Lord regularly, he can do amazing things with that. So I can't wait to hear what the Lord does through that. But yeah, I would encourage you to commit to that for three weeks and to journal what it is that he, uh, what you, what you experience each day that you do that. So later on in a couple of episodes, we are going to actually talk about, um, some more specific prayer practices or greenhouses that you can create in your life. Uh, for prayer, whether that's whether you're a CEO, whether you're a small business owner, whether you're a mother of three young children or a university student, we have lots of different um, ideas and suggestions that can be applicable. You know, it's not always going to be possible for someone to spend an hour or an hour and a half in uninterrupted prayer in the morning. If you have little ones, that is um, probably not going to be feasible for most of the time, but we have a whole bunch of ideas that we're going to share with you in one of, one of the next episodes to give you an idea around that and really equip you as well. All right. So before we close, let, let me just pray for us. So Jesus, we just start by admitting that at times we have made the daily prayer time, the goal when honestly relationship with you is the goal And Jesus, that's all we've wanted is relationship with you. And we are sorry that we have got that mixed up at times. And God, we repent and we actually just receive your grace and receive your forgiveness. And we welcome your Holy Spirit to turn back the right way that aim and that goal, that we want relationship. We don't want religion. We don't want to tick something off our daily list of things to do. You are not on our daily list of things to do. You are our life. You are our absolute one desire, one burning passion. You are our first love. And so relationship, Jesus, is our relationship with you is our goal, is our only goal. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to show us our spaces in our lives as they are that you are inviting us into sharing with you and making greenhouses of whatever that looks like, the commute to work, the 6 a.m. breastfeeding time, whatever it is, Jesus, would you show us by the power of your Holy Spirit what they are. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to train us, spirit, soul, and body to live in a place of constant communion with you.
We thank you for the revelation that prayer is not just an activity but so much more and the posture of our lives. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us how to live a life of prayer, whatever our current life and whatever our current circumstances look like. We want to be in constant communion and constant communication with you. We love you. We thank you that this is also your heart for us. And we pray this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 